What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. And all of a sudden, bro, I get a knock at the door. And this is, I don't know how the fuck you, it's super secure. You have to have the code to get in everywhere. This dude didn't live here. Motherfucking Cat Williams is at my doorstep. Random. <laughs> didn't call no one, didn't say nothing. Just comes in, starts smoking, and just fucking acting a fool. Welcome back to What's Burning. Some interesting things happened this past weekend, Jack, and we'll start with the Canelo plant fight. Uh, Canelo knocked him out in the 11th round. What did you see in that fight? It was a good fight. Caleb Plant came to fight. Um, he said he was going to go in and, and, and stay in there with, and not run the whole fight, and he did that. I think in order to be a, a great champ like Canelo, you got to not only be able to punch him and hurt him, but you got to be in great shape. Canelo was standing up between rounds, showing he was, he was in better shape and showing that why he's the champion. Caleb Plant was getting tired. He put his hands down and got rocked, and it was over after that. But shout out to Canelo, man. He's, he's, he definitely did what he came to do. Yeah, Canelo pressed the line the whole time, took the fight to Plant. Um, bullied him. Uh, Plant definitely, you know, showed a lot. But to me, I, I think the question coming in was how had Plant really, really fought this type of level of competition? Obviously, Canelo arguably is the is the best fighter in the game. So, uh, you know, took him eleven rounds. Canelo finally warmed down. But I agree, Canelo was in excellent uh, cardio shape. You know, he didn't look like he got tired the whole entire fight and ended up with the eleven round knockout. Here we go, taking a look at the week ahead. The very impressive Miami Heat head out west. They're at the top of the tie for the top of the Eastern Conference right now. They'll come out west and take on the Lakers, Clippers, and Utah. Jack, what are you expecting to see from this team or think they'll learn about themselves on this West Coast swing? It's, it's going to be good for them, but one thing I love about this team is they're showing that they're in, they're in midseason shape already from the beginning. I, you can tell that those guys jailed in training camp and they really worked in training camp to come to start the season off in great shape. And I think that's why they're having a lot of success. But they're going to go out on this West Coast and really, and really get to uh, test themselves, see what kind of identity they have. But I think they'll be ready. I think they'll come out over 500. Yeah, I definitely think they will as well. Um, they play Denver uh, and then hit those three teams we mentioned. First of all, shout out Tyler Hero. I think he had an off season two, uh, came out the gate strong in his first season. Last year had a down year. But is leading all scores uh, coming off the bench this season. Someone he personally said, you know, I need to be mentioned in that Luca uh, 
and um, Trey Young conversation. I'm not sure if he's quite there yet, but he's definitely putting up tremendous numbers and and and, and uh, a very valuable player to the Miami Heat. They made a lot of solid off-season acquisitions, and they look really good to me. And to keep it real, I don't really see the Lakers as a measuring stick right now. You know, they're still trying to find their footing. Braun's been out. They've been losing to some bad teams. You know, Paul George is playing this hard out, but the Clippers really don't have a lot. Uh, Utah is a tough team. Um, so I expect them to possibly, I, I think they got a good chance to, you know, to sweep this West Coast swing. So Miami is looking good, and I'm excited to see what they can do. Obviously, shout out Kyle Lowry and P.J. Tucker and, and, and the rest of the guys out there. But again, I really like what they did in the offseason to set themselves up for this season. Continuing the look ahead, we got the Chicago Bulls at the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Bulls are my surprise team of the season. They're off to a good start at 6-3. and three. The Warriors have the best record in the NBA at 8-1. and one. They're leading in pretty much all statistical categories. Um, Jack, thoughts on this matchup? Um, you know, the Bulls getting off to a great start, but the Warriors, are, they're a team that know each other, that been together. The only thing they added was a was a, another defensive player in Gary Payton Jr. But this team uh, been gelling together. They've been together a couple of years. They're just waiting to get Clay back. They're rolling right now, and I don't I don't see them uh, not winning this game, especially with the way Steph's playing. Steph's playing great. Draymond's got some new energy. Obviously, I think Andre Iguodala black in the mix, uh, whether it's actual numbers he's putting up or just his experience back on that team really helps them. Uh, shout out Gary Payton Jr., man. I'm seeing a lot of highlights from him. Obviously, he's a defensive-minded player, but he's athletic as a motherfucker. He's out here dunking on people, bringing crowd to that, uh, bringing joy and energy to that crowd. Um, again, we like what the Bulls are doing, though. You know, both DeMar and uh, Levine are at about 26 points a game. Like this young team, still trying to figure it out. Obviously, got off to a hot start. They've come back down to earth a little bit, but I like what they're doing. Um, this Golden State team is still without Clay, still without Wiseman but is one of the top, the top team in the, in the game right now. Uh, there was an interview this week, uh, past week with uh, Clay, and he talked about you know where he's at into recovery and also gave a lot of uh, love to Coach Mark Jackson. Uh, we kind of all know that he was the one that kind of started this foundation, uh, and Coach Kerr came in and kind of took it to a next level. But I love to see Clay show Mark Jackson love because he's kind of been just lost as far as the coaching uh, carousel goes since he, uh, since he departed the Warriors. Jack, the way this team is playing now, they're expected to add Clay and Wiseman um, in, in the not-too-distant future. Is this a team that has a chance to contend for a title? Of course. Of course. They still got their core guys. And especially if Clay comes back in the form that we all know Clay can play it, Clay can play it. I think uh, that's, that's really the, the uh, deciding factor. What is Clay going to be when he comes back? And we all know what he can be, and that's what we expect. So if that happens, this team can definitely be a championship contender. No, I agree. It's been it's been a humbling experience. I think this last two years for this team, uh, coming off the dominance they came off of, and then have been riddled by injury. But like you said, they kept their core together. And again, I think bringing Andre Iguodala back, the numbers may not show, but I, he's just a security blanket uh, for that team. Getting Clay healthy, getting Wiseman healthy, some new young talent. I really like Jordan Poole too. This motherfucker kid could play out of Michigan, becoming one of the top young scorers in the game, man. So this team is back, loaded. Um, and excited to see what they can be once they get fully healthy. Next up on the radar, presented to you by DraftKings. We're going to check out some of the top rookies uh, this season, statistic-wise, uh, in the league. Starting off with Jalen Green, odds-on favorite, 3-1 to one to win Rookie of the Year. Next up, Scotty Barnes, 3.5-1 to one to win Rookie of the Year. Evan Mobley, 
three or uh, five and a half to one to win rookie of the year. And then Chris Duarte, eight to one odds to win uh, rookie of the year. All these guys are putting up really solid numbers. Uh, Scotty Barnes is leading with 16, almost 17 points a game and nearly nine rebounds. But all these guys have been playing really well. Um, each have a, a, a unique skill set. Uh, what are your thoughts on these four guys, and do you have a, a guy you like out of this group to win Rookie of the Year? I like Jalen Green, and even though he's not averaging the most most points right now, you got guys like Scotty Barnes. He's having a great rookie season, but at the same time, Siakam's not in, so he's getting way more shots. He's hurt right. Siakam's hurt right now, so he's getting more shots than he that we would normally get. Uh, Mobley and uh, and Chris, they're on teams where they're getting an opportunity to be the number one guy. Jalen Green is still sharing the spotlight with Porter. Porter's still doing his thing. He's really leading that team. So he, if he was leading that team, I think he'll be averaging 18, 20 right now. So I'm pulling with Jalen Green. Yeah, I mean, I love Scotty Barnes' tough toughness and edge and energy he plays with. Evan Mobley is 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 something special. I got a chance to see him play a lot in college out here. Chris Duarte was someone I wasn't very familiar with, but this kid has kind of took the league by storm. But I agree. I think the flashes you see in Jalen Green, you see flashes of greatness, like absolute greatness, uh, super athletic, can shoot the ball, can handle the ball. He's this new wave of these young athletic kids that are, you know, one and done, could have probably became straight to the league. So it's definitely been a fun, uh, exciting rookie class, but I would agree with you. Um, if I had to pick one, if I was betting, I'd take Jalen Green. Next up, Secure the Bag, presented by Moneyline. Just in, Jalen Brown is out one to two weeks, but we're going to start with him. He signed a, a nice five-year deal that expired this year. Um, he recently expressed brand freedom and his ability to kind of wear whatever shoes he wants to kind of find what works for him. Um, Jack, the, the shoe game is, is, is way different from when we came in the game initially. You know, it was either black or white shoes, period, when we first came in the game in the late 90s, early 2000s. Now you're seeing all kinds of wild types of shoes, wild colors. There's still a handful of guys that have their own shoe. Uh, I'll name a few of them real quick. Obviously, LeBron, KD, Giannis, Kyrie, Paul George, Steph with the Under Armour, Joel Embiid as well, Harden, Dame, and Donovan, Trey and D. Rose and Adidas, Kawhi in those Air New Balances, the Jordan brand has Luca, Russ, Zion, CP3, and Tatum. Obviously, LaMelo just dropped his new shoe, and we can't forget about our favorite, Clay Thompson, who's making a lot of bread from Anta. What are your thoughts? You were uh, an Adidas guy, and then you uh, were able to get brand Jordan. It's still a deal post-career that I know you're enjoying. Talk to where we are with sneakers and the sneaker culture and the sneaker game in the league. Uh, I think that it's at an all-time high. You know, when we, when we was growing up, you know, everybody wanted to wear Jordans. You know what I mean? That, that, that was the shoe. You know, nobody wasn't really wearing Converse or nothing like that. I know really no other brands now. You know, with, 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 with Nike really being the leader with Kyrie and LeBron's and KD's, you know, I, I see all the kids wearing and PG wearing all their shoes uh, these days, especially the different color ones, you know, all the, all the different colorways. And uh, I think this is, that's why I say I think it's at an all-time high because everybody's interested in their own swag. Everybody got their own style. Everybody coming with their own colorway. But for the most part, the, the youngsters are really, to, are really uh, bringing this to the way it is right now. I really don't have nothing to do with the guys in the NBA to me. It's really the youngsters, the AAU circuit, the high school circuit. Those guys are setting the trends. You know, all, all those kids that's all over YouTube and, 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 and Baller's Life, those young kids are setting the trends with the shorts and the shoes and stuff like that. So, But the culture's at an all-time high. Shout out to Team Jordan. You dig. I think what is what has really helped this boom and the reason why Kyrie has a number one selling shoe when I think other 
brands or custom shoes are starting to copy is the colorways. The colorways are what getting people into the shoe. Kyrie, I think if I'm not mistaken, has the number one uh, selling shoe because he's the one bouncing all these crazy colors off. Now you see PG doing it. Now you see KG doing it. Um, there's a handful of guys that really come out with these eccentric colors. And like you said, this next generation, they're not even so much on the type of shoe as much as Yo, these colors are crazy. You know what I mean? The, 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 the crazy colors are Kyrie, PG, and KD. So that's why you see those guys at the top of the list. Obviously, LaMelo just came out with his new shoe, and it's a crazy color. So I think colors are what dominate the game now. Because like we said, when we first came in, the game it was either black or white. There was nothing in between. It was either black or white. You know, it was the black and white socks. So obviously, with a signature shoe, that's opening other lines of revenue. Um, for these guys and you really don't have to have a signature shoe I mean I think today the game is wide open um, as far as players representing their brand and, and being a brand like Jay-Z said a, a while ago like I'm not a businessman I'm a businessman these kids these days are their own business their own entities and the lines of money are coming through shout out money line because these young kids are secure in the bag What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The one million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. We'd like to welcome to this week's episode of What's Burning, NBA champion Fred Van Fleet as he is trying to find his new footing as the leader of the Toronto Raptors. Welcome in today our What's Burning guest, Toronto Raptors point guard Fred Van Fleet. Welcome to the show, bro. Man, thanks for having me. No problem. So going from undrafted to the leader of your current team, uh, what's the mindset of that? I just try to never forget like where I came from. So it's like a, just a constant chip on my shoulder. Um, it's actually funny most days, to be honest with you. Like, y'all know how it is being that last guy on the on the team. You've been in a million training camps. Those guys that come in, that got to shoot on the side hoops and all that with no right. coaches get their own rebounds. Um, like, that was me. So <laughs> it's it's funny, like, every day to go from that. That was only six years ago to being a guy who's, you know, who all the weight kind of falls on my shoulders for how we do this year. Um, it's just it's just a blessing. It's a blessing and it's a, it's a huge challenge, but I wouldn't want it any other way. Now you got Facts. five motherfuckers waiting to rebound to pass you the ball. They can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got too many coaches on the court with me now. Right, right. Well, obviously getting a chance to win a championship uh, to where you guys are now, and I really think I think the word rebuilding is wrong because you guys still have a lot of talent, but from where you came from winning a championship a few years ago, um, talk to me just about the current team. Obviously your coach, uh, Nick Nurse. Pascal hasn't been healthy yet this year, uh, but Gary Trent Jr., OG, who's leading the scoring uh, team in scoring. Scotty, who's one of the top rookies in the game. And then yourself. Like, what is the atmosphere and the energy around your team right now? Oh, we're just excited. We're excited. We're confident. Um, we're one of those teams that you don't really want to play against because if you're a top team, you're kind of looking at us like you don't really know what we're going to be. But when we get out there, we're playing hard. Uh, we're playing together. Um, and, and it's not, you know, you can't take a night off against us. So I think that gives us a good chance on most nights. And um, it's just a process. Guys is, is learning. You know, I'm just trying to be the leader and not really focusing on, you know, my stats or whatever. So, like, you got OG leading and scoring. Scotty is, is having the ball probably more than um, any rookie right now. And um, we just got a lot of young guys that's, that's getting good experience that's going to kind of carry over towards the end of the year. I got a question, though, because you guys, you know, having a, a fairly young team, you guys have an interesting record right now where you guys are 4-0 and on the road. Yeah. I mean, that to me, that's a sign of a, of a team who's really locked in. But, I, you know, I, I haven't had the same success at home. But winning on the road is really tough these days. So what do you contribute that to? I mean, that's obviously a sign that you guys got a solid team. Yeah, just what you said. Like, just being locked in, I think we're all on the same page. Like, we're so young and inexperienced that most of the guys on the team don't even really know how to question a coach or like, you know, really have that point of reference to even second guess anything. So when we go on the road, you know, you got to shoot around and you go to the, to the meal, then you lock in, you go to the bus. And, and before you notice know on the court and um, a lot of times when, when young players get, uh, 
when they're a little nervous, they just they just lean on the guy next to them. So, you know, me, I just try to keep everybody calm. And Nick's doing a great job. The coach is doing a great job with the game plan. So we've been locked in on the road, but uh, we need to figure out, you know, how to do that shit at home. <laughs> Facts. I, uh, I'm a um, fan of the underdogs. I always root for the underdog. And, you know, me and Matt damn near got drafted at the end. You same way. you. So to see you being – you know the the man of your team right now. It's it's a joy to me because I know what work the work it takes to get there. But thoughts on the evolu- evolution of the game and the point guards in the game today? Oh man, the game's in an amazing place. I think um, again, it's like it's a testament to all the guys that that come before us. So, like you said, you know you and Matt um, being who you were and and just being so outspoken and being bold and standing on your own like that allowed guys like me to be able to walk into this facility and and be the same person from day one that I am now. Um, and then as far as the point guards go, it's just like it just keep getting better, and every time we think that we reached the highest heights like there's another there's another layer that that's added on to it and the one thing that I'm noticing you know now is I'm six years in it's just like these young dudes they don't care bro like they don't <laughs> they, they don't care they don't they not checking for none of the OGs like they respect the game and what come before them but when they out there on that court them guys is fearless and I think that's a that's a good place for the game to be in because they're going to be able to take it to the next level facts as the NBA celebrates the NBA 75, what's one of your best memories of the NBA? Obviously, it would be winning the championship. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a few points in my memory of where it was like they, they told me I made the team, right? Like, I can remember that night, like yesterday, where they said, you are you on a 15-man roster. And then winning the championship just because, like, that's the highest heights you could get to as a, as a basketball player in, in life. Um, I've never won an MVP or nothing like that, but just like as far as a championship, you know, that that whole year, that two and a half months of what it takes after the season's over in the playoffs, the ups and downs, um, that was a that was a crazy moment. Um, and then just being able to celebrate all summer and and be able to live it up, like that was that was the top of the top, you know, that's the top of the mountain. So that's probably my my best memory. Hey, celebrating in Toronto is different. Yeah, we had a we had a we had a nice we had a nice little tour. So we won in, in the Bay, went to Vegas, then we came home to Toronto, and and it was it was a movie. And then you got that uh, the dude with that OVO owl behind you leading the way. Yeah, so yeah, sure he on, yeah. Last. yeah, he on he don't make it much better, man. That dude right yeah, there, he yeah, yeah, he a yeah. different animal. Hell yeah. <laughs> Make sure you guys enjoyed this week's episode of All the Smoke featuring our brother, fam, Jamal Crawford, dropping this Thursday, 11-11, only on Showtime Basketball. Enjoy the teaser. Tell me about the dynamic of having Ron and Elton Brown on the same team with you. Oh, man, I got some story. Let me tell you a story. Oh, my God. (laughs) Let me tell you a story, Ron. And you know, both y'all know. So we're playing, and Ron sometimes could, you know, Ron could get on one. Yeah. And he came, he came, but he always liked me. He always took to me. No matter what he was doing, he talked to me. <laughs> so he came to practice that day. And he said, Ma, I'm on one today. He said they brought in somebody, a new player. I'm on one today. I'm, watch this. It was a 10-day guy that had nothing to do with Ron. He wasn't a threat to Ron. No, none of that. None of that. He said, I'm on one today, Ma. He said, I'm on one today. I said, all right. I said, what you gonna do? You'll see. You're on one. So he would start, ah, he would scream, ah. He run around and scream, ah. 
four times, blocking people, fouling people, hard shit. Ah! Tim Floyd got Tim Floyd <laughs> got in his face. I've never told the story. Tim Floyd got in his face and said, "What's all this?" He said, "Ah, ah, all on him too." I said, "LeBron was out of control, bro." Like, but I, I loved him. Shout out Ron Artest. He put me on. He put me on Panera Bread too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's random as fuck. Hey, talk about talk about Elton Brand because before he tore his Achilles, Elton Brand was one of the best power forwards in the game, hands down. Without a doubt. Hands down. uh, He was he was a walk in 20 and 10. Mm -hmm. Like they they showed me like his rookie of the year campaign and they had a brand of soap. It was like a soapbox and they had brand on it. 20 and 10 on it, the one you can depend on. Like he was a Mm. walking 20 and 10. (laughs) He's the one you can depend on. Right. So he's yeah, he was 20 and 10 no matter what. He just knew how to get it. Like, he was a, a beast. Workaholic, always worked, always uh, was improving. And he was smart. He was very cerebral as well with his talent. So he was, mm-hmm. it was a problem. But people would never know about Elton Brand like they should in this era, you know? Right. Shout out Elton yeah. Brand, man. Shout out He's over there, over there working uh, in the front office with the Sixers right now. But that motherfucker was a killer, bro. Oh, he was a killer. Fan questions. Jack, you ready? Coming from our... Co-worker, colleague, the truth, Paul Pierce. Is Ja Morant a top five point guard in the NBA right now in your mind? Uh, top seven. It's kind of hard when you go top five. You got Dame, Steph, Kyrie, Russ, and he Luka. might be. Luca. Luca. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I say he's, he's, he's top eight. Top, he's top eight, not top five yet. Not yet. Not yeah. quite. I mean, I love what Morant's been doing, man. I think he's he's on a mission this year. You could tell he definitely got bit, uh, better in the offseason. And in the next two or three years, I don't even know about top five. I'm thinking like top two or three because um, this kid is coming with a vengeance. He's a dog. There's no holes in the offensive game. He plays hard. And he's got, you know, this young team playing well. And, and that's how you kind of measure a point guard when it's all said and done is what can he do for his team. And he's doing a lot for his team. So, Definitely, uh, I think he's right on the outside of the top five right now, respectfully. But I think in the next two or three years, he's going to be a one-two conversation uh, for best point guard in the league. Next van question at VV.Biachi3. Who are y'all favorite top three young players in the game right now? Shout out from Brooklyn. Oh, that's a tough question, man. There's so many good young players right now. Um, Man, I like Anthony Edwards a lot. I like Joe. Jaden Green a lot. I like LaMelo. I like Davion Mitchell out there in sack. I haven't seen a young kid come in and play with this kind of defensive mindset before. And he also has an uh, offensive game and then uh, obviously a few years in the game. But I'm really a fan of Miles Bridges and the way he's been continuing to get better uh, every year. So I can't give you a top three. I think I just gave you five. Jack, who are, your, who, who are a few guys you follow? I will have to go with Edwards as well, LaMelo, and uh... – I have to go with Jalen Green as well. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of young. This young crop of players, man, is I was talking to this uh, with my homie the other day. The athleticism and skill level is crazy as hell. Like, these little motherfuckers are coming in skilled and jumping out the gym, man. So it's a, it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Next up, Brandon X Butts. Top three comedians you'd want to smoke with. Oh, good call. Oh, that's that's easy for me. I didn't I didn't smoke with one of them, but I think I want to have him again. Smoke with him again. Uh, I'm gonna go with Mike Epps, Dave Chappelle, and uh, Juan Lawrence. Mm. 
Who'd you already smoke with? Mike Epps? I smoke, yeah, I smoke mine. He's, he's the character. Mine is crazy. Uh, mine is funny because I've got a chance to smoke with this dude a few times, but I'll tell you a quick story. I remember one time when I was playing for the Clippers and I was living in Marina Del Rey and we were smoking, watching Sports Center or something. And all of a sudden, bro, I get a knock at the door. And this is, I don't know how the fuck you, it's super secure. You have to have the code to get in everywhere. This dude didn't live here. Motherfucking Cat Williams is at my doorstep. <laughs> Random. Didn't call no one, didn't say nothing. Just comes in, starts smoking, and just fucking acting the fool so uh cat williams is one of my guys uh would love, i've spoke with dave Chappelle too got him super high one time before he had a show in san francisco and that's when he started talking about rapper weed and shit uh so got a chance to smoke with dave who would be my third we i would want to do so i want to do someone like maybe like eddie murphy a mm-hmm. legend in the game i love yeah. to smoke with eddie and kind of just pick his brain i mean he's been a legend in this game for so long so those are probably be uh Three guys I would want to smoke with. Yep, solid. Next fan question. SoCal King 32. Where were both of y'all welcome to the NBA moments? That all the smoke. I see. We see you, SoCal. We see you paying attention, bro. Um, welcome to the NBA moment. Um, mine was a grind. My my shit, my welcome to the NBA moment was getting drafted and being cut. I think that was the business of the game. And I had to go to the, I think it was the what is it, the G League now? It was a D League back then. And uh, really got me on my grind. So, I mean, my welcome to the league moment wasn't necessarily a playing situation. It was being drafted and then cut and having a grind to get back. My welcome to the NBA moment was, I would say, two. One, starting my, uh, getting drafted, of course, and going overseas, the little grind, like Matt said. But starting my first NBA game uh, in 2000 with the Nets and also uh, playing in the rookie All-Star game. That was my rookie. That was my welcome to the NBA moments. Next up. TXK.R, what is the NBA's biggest what if? Good question. Uh, for me, I think the biggest what if was, was if Tim Duncan would have went to Orlando. Ooh, with T-Mac and Grant? With T-Mac and Grant Hill. I think, I think that would have that that transformed the league a totally different way than what it were, a way it ended up being or the way it is now. If, if that would have happened, uh, I think T-Mac would have definitely been looked at different. Uh, he would he he would he would definitely be in the top seventy five where he belong, and uh, I think Grant Hill have him a chip. Mm, mm, mm. I like that. Uh, my biggest what is if is if they didn't block the CP three CP three trade to the Lakers at the time, because mm-hmm. that would have put CP as our starting point guard, Kobe as our two, Meta at our three, Paul Gasol at the four, Bynum at the five. Me coming off the bench, Lamar Odom coming off the bench, Steve Blake coming off the bench, Shannon Brown coming off the bench. We definitely could have got a couple uh, rings, I feel like, with that group. Um, mm-hmm. But the the league blocked that shit, and we'll never know. But it would have been beautiful to see CP3 and Kobe play together because they were such competitors. And you remember when CP, we had CP on the show, they used to always talk before the All-Star game, like, fuck the All, like, we're trying to go out here and really hoop. So I would have loved to get mm-hmm. them to see them play every night with each other. Good question. Hey, I, I got another one, though. Hmm. What if, after we won the championship in 2003, Jason Kidd and Tony Parker was free agents, and Greg Popper was trying to bring Chase Jason Kidd to San Antonio for Tony Parker? What if that would have happened? Ooh. And that's Jay <laughs> Kidd still in his prime, too. He was in his prime. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh. That would have been scary. With Ginobili. I think but Tony Parker worked out fine for him. Would they get four rings? Five, I think. Yeah, four, five. four, 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 yeah. four. Yeah, yeah, Tim got five. At Jay Homage, would Buddy Hill be a better fit for the Lakers than Westbrook? 
Come on, bro. I want to let you answer this question first. Fuck no. <laughs> That's my answer. I don't know if he would be a better fit, but I like getting a chance <laughs> to uh to see Sacramento a lot now, obviously working for them. Buddy Heald is a motherfucking scorer, man, and I think he's kind of locked in now. So don't be surprised when Buddy Heald's in the top five for uh, sixth man of the year. This dude's averaging like almost 19 points a game. is a fucking sniper. Um, but I think this this L.A. thing is going to be straight. I think people are so, especially in L.A., is hurry, 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 instead of understand there's a real process when you're putting this many stars and this many new mm -hmm. pieces together. Um, but again, as we said last year, if this team is healthy, there'll be a problem. I think of late, Russ has been playing. I mean, he, I think he had one, uh, the last game was bad, two games before. But outside of that, I think he's he, he's playing really well, man. So I'm excited to see this team once they gel. I don't think we're going to see the best Lakers until post-All-Star break. Closing thoughts. Shout out to my former coach, our former coach, and a prior guest on this show, Doc Rivers, as he reaches 1,000 career wins. And despite... All the outside noise over there with Ben Simmons, uh, that team's been able to focus and get off to an 8-2 and two start. So, man, definitely want to show Doc some love, man. Getting a 1,000 win is no small uh, accomplishment, and uh, congrats, man. Yeah, shout out Doc, man. Definitely deserve it. Getting off to a great start with all the drama going on. Um, not many coaches that have done that got a thousand wins. So shout out to the diggy diggy doc, y'all. Best of all, the smoke season two is back on Showtime. Jack, we on the real TV, Showtime TV. We doing some things. NBA Icon Editions. We dropped Allen Iverson last week. This week will be our brother Kevin Garnett dropping 11-11 this Thursday. 11.30 Eastern, 8.30 Pacific. Also, don't forget to catch the Kevin Garnett Anything is Possible premieres this Friday, November 12th, only on Showtime. Hey, make sure you guys check out behind the scenes, bloopers, wild outtakes, just the shit that goes on with me and Jack without editing. You guys will definitely laugh and enjoy that. Um, catch up from the beginning of this season to where we're at now and all the crazy shit in between. Got some new heat for coming for you guys. Make sure you guys stay tuned. And that's a wrap. You can catch What's Burning available every week on Showtime Basketball YouTube. And on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Show Basketball. Peace. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare what kind of fun is waiting for you at king's island the holy cow we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun the make a splash all summer kind of fun. 
I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find, for the fun of it, kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends.